From Outside's Healthy Living Group, this is HLG's Talk Healthy Today podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Davis. Hi, it's Lisa Davis. Please don't skip this very important announcement. I will keep it brief. Talk Healthy Today is ending in the next two months or so. So you can come back, check the shows. But the good news is you can get all the same great content and even more at Health Power. Now, Health Power was formerly Naturally Savvy. Now it is called Health Power, and there are over a thousand episodes. So please go now or go when it's convenient, but don't forget go where you get your podcasts, go find Health Power, and hit subscribe. I really hope you'll come with me. I love this audience. I've heard from so many of you. I love what I've been doing here, and I'm going to just continue all this great work over at Health Power. Also, if you want more information, go to lisadavismph.com. Okay, thanks so much. Can't wait to see you over at Health Power. We all know we're supposed to eat our vegetables. I mean, how many times have we heard this? And what's so exciting is I think after all these years, it's finally catching on. It's becoming mainstream, and this is a beautiful thing. And we've got the wonderful Dr. Ian K. Smith, such a huge fan of his, back on the show. I love when he comes on. Well, he has a brand new book, Plant Power, Flip Your Plate, Change Your Weight. Dr. Ian, welcome back. Lisa, thanks for having me. Always great to talk to you. Oh, it's always nice to see you. So what inspired you to do a book about eating more veggies? Well, you know, I am a notorious carnivore. Uh, I love meat. Uh, I eat everything. I'm actually an omnivore, so I do eat everything. Uh, But many months ago, I felt like I was eating too much red meat. Uh, I was feeling sluggish. As we get older, it's harder to digest red meat. Um, but also, you know, someone who's been in nutrition for so long, my career has been built on nutrition. So I already knew the power of plants, uh, reducing cancer, heart disease, lowering cholesterol levels, increasing energy, all those things that studies have shown for years are benefits of plants. I've already, I already knew that. Um, however, I didn't want to become a vegan or vegetarian and nothing against those who are vegans or vegetarians. I just, that's not what I wanted to do with my life, but I realized, well, I could split the difference to some degree. Why can't I cut back on my meat, increase my plant-based food, um, and still get the best of both worlds. And so I took a four week, um, trial with myself as a guinea pig. Uh, and I wanted to, I really wanted to be specific about the numbers. So I had estimated that I ate my, most of my eating was 70% animal-based foods, 30% plant-based, and I wanted to flip it. I wanted to be 70% plant-based, 30% animal-based, and I figured that over four weeks, I could make the transition in a way that was not too traumatic to my system, that wouldn't put me into meat withdrawal, uh, and that would also allow me to accept and enjoy this new eating lifestyle. So I did it, um, and it worked. And it was easier than I had imagined. Um, and I didn't miss my meat because occasionally I had a steak or chicken or uh, my favorite salmon. And so I didn't miss not having red meat three or four times a week. Um, and I felt better. I felt cleaner. I felt lighter. I feel like my mental acuity was sharper. And so I just, I just loved it and enjoyed it. And so I said, I'm going to share this journey and the process with others who are like me. I believe the vast majority of Americans do not want to be a vegan or vegetarian, that they would still like to have some meat and seafood, but 
they also would like to also be more plant-based and get benefits of it. And so plant power is a culmination and a presentation to people about how they can do that very easily. Yeah, I think for so many people, they think, you know, they say you should have five to nine servings or 10 servings or how many servings of fruits and vegetables. That just seems impossible. But when you really think about what a serving is, it's not that much. And if you have like my husband, for example, he has a huge salad at lunch every day. That's like five servings right there. I mean, huge, right? And then no matter what I make at dinner, half the plate is some kind of vegetable, whether it's broccoli, green beans, asparagus. Uh, in the morning, if you make an omelet, throw some spinach or kale in, like all of a sudden it adds up, right? It's amazing. It's Man, you, you just hit on it so well. It's intimidating when you look at the guidelines and it says this many of this many servings. You're like, how am I going to eat all that? I'm going to eat salads the entire day. And it's not true. Yes. If you made one of your meals a salad, that is a great way to get rid of a lot of those servings, right? In one felt swoop, right? But like you said, you know, you can add, you know, spinach, uh, you know, to your eggs or to an omelet. I mean, there are all kinds of things you can do, uh, to your pasta. You know, I like pasta with like broccoli and sun, sun dried tomatoes. I mean, uh, so there are things that you can do that make it so much easier and it becomes less onerous, uh, about you counting, you know, the servings. And it's just kind of how you're eating. You're just adding all this good stuff all the time. You don't need to count anymore. Well, you know, I love in the book, too, you not only talk about how this benefits us, you know, our health, but also the health of the planet. You write, quote, a report published in the prestigious scientific journal, The Lancet, concluded that a global shift from animal to more plant-based foods is critical to health of our planet as it relates to reducing gas greenhouse gases. And it's crazy. I mean, don't even get me started on people who don't believe in climate change, but I apologize if you're listening, but somehow can I please convince you another time? Um, but it's a real thing, right? And this is a real problem. And growing cows for meat, and I do eat meat, by the way, but it takes up a lot of uh, a lot of resources. Listen, I wasn't aware of this before I started this book. I'd heard, you know, about the effect of, you know, cattle and climate. I didn't really pay attention to it, just to be honest with you. Sure. It wasn't until I was researching for this book, um, and the numbers are amazing. The number of livestock in America, we're just talking about America. Obviously, this is a global right. issue, but just looking at here in the country, the number of livestock uh, in America and then the methane, which is the gas, that's the gas that, you know, uh, cattle produce, the methane that they produce and how injurious it is to the atmosphere, um, even more injurious over a certain period of time than carbon you know, dioxide, right? I mean, we, we talk about your carbon footprint, uh, but, but methane is horrific. Um, and so when you think about, so here you have a situation where, um, livestock, uh, the numbers are outrageous because we eat so much meat, right? Uh, but then the livestock, while we enjoy the meat, the livestock is also ruining the environment, um, at a rapid pace. Uh, that no one's paying, not, I shouldn't say no one's paying attention, but a lot of people are not paying attention to or not aware of. And so my thing is, listen, think about this. You can kill two birds with one stone. You could reduce the amount of damage to the atmosphere by reducing your meat consumption, and you can improve your health and longevity by consuming more plants. There was a study, I think it was out of Norway. There was a study that said something like this, that 20-year-old young adults who ate 
a plant-based diet added 10 years to their life. And if they ate just a partially plant-based diet, so not fully plant, but partially plant-based diet, they added six years to their life. They found that people, I think the number of people in their 80s who then ate a more plant-based diet, they added three more years to their life. I mean, so, you know, when you look at these numbers, they're just undeniable. My daughter, who's 17, I've been really a little more strict about, you know, her her lunches, right? Like, I don't want her to buy school lunch. I want to make her lunch. And I made her something with garbanzo beans and brown rice and vegetables and garlic and a little chicken sausage. And she's like, this is amazing. And at first she was fighting me on it. And now she's like, this is good. And I actually have more energy and feel better, right? That's the message. The message is that all of us, regardless of where we are as far as age is concerned, all of us can immediately impact not just ourselves, our children, nieces, nephews, anybody. We can, you know, help them do this. And your daughter's reaction is what most people's reaction is when they are moved or the, the attempt is to move them to eat healthier, more plant-based foods. The reaction is going to be, oh, you know, I'm not going to like this stuff. Then they're like, holy cow, I actually like this. I mean, you know, in the book, there are, are phenomenal recipes. One of my favorites, favorite is a, um, is a spicy Thai veggie stir fry. Now, two years ago, you said to me, you know, I'm going to serve you a veggie stir fry. The first thing I would say is, well, is it going to be chicken or is it going to be beef in it? Like, you know, where's the meat? Where's the beef, right? <laughs> right. Um, but I tell you, you take that stir fry and put it over a bed of rice and you are even thinking about meat because it is so good, so filling, so tasty. Uh, and so I just think that, you know, my my plea to people who are like me, who love meat, and by the way, yes, I still eat meat, but my plea is please give it a try. You will be shocked at how much you actually enjoy um, recipes that are plant-based. Yeah, and I think spices. I mean, if I'm a garlic fanatic, and so... I put some uh, garlic in that thing I mentioned I made for my daughter and it just kicked it up a notch. She was like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, okay. So I have to watch, you know, brush your teeth at school or something. But <laughs> Garlic, throw ginger in there. The Thai spices are so good. I think a lot of people don't know that you can make vegetables good. For example, one of my favorite things, and it's so easy, put my oven up to, to 400, get a piece of foil, get some off. I like to use avocado oil. That's yeah. my favorite oil to cook high heat cooking with. Put some asparagus, put a little bit of avocado oil. I put a little extra on the tip so they get crispy. That's it. Put them in there 15 minutes, comes out. They're kind of crispy on the top and they're delicious. And I put salt on it. And honest to God, it's like, it's like a treat. I know people are probably laughing at me, but you know, when you roast your vegetables, it's a game changer. Can I just tell you something? You take, you take salt, pepper, and sometimes some type of good oil, whether it's avocado oil, grapeseed, or even extra virgin olive oil, you take just those three things and put them on any vegetable, cauliflower, asparagus, broccoli, sweet potatoes, diced sweet potatoes, and put those in an oven and roast them. And I'm telling you, you got it. It's that simple. It's that. So that's my, that's my advice. How do you start eating more plant-based? Do that. That's the first thing you do. And you realize how good it is. Yeah, again, so many people grow up with like boiled vegetables. Like that doesn't taste good. Who wants to eat that? And that's the problem, by the way. The problem is when you grow up eating bland, 
unseasoned vegetables, you develop this kind of like to it. And so you become more closed minded to trying vegetables down the road. But trying it down the road means trying it completely different. It's like a whole different food, basically, the way. But like you said, based on how you prepare it. Now, let's talk about this point system in the book. You have the plant PowerPoint system. Tell us about this. So I wanted to develop a point system for those who are numerically inclined to help people figure out how to be able to make the transition from going from animal-based to to plant-based. And so the idea is I assign points, and there are simple charts in the book that people can use. And basically, it's just a calculation system. And so anyone can keep track. So you know, every week, there are a certain number of points you can have, animal-based food points that you can have. And that changes, as you can imagine. So I'm making this up. Let's say you start with 50 animal-based points and you want to get down to 20 animal-based points at the end of week four. Then every week, that that animal-based point total you're allowed to have decreases, 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 because then we're increasing the plant-based total. So it's just a, it's a very simple numeric system for people to keep track of. If you sit down and you're eating you know, eggs with diced veggies for breakfast, you know how many points that is. If you sit there and eat a salad, no points. So you can do a back of the nap you can do a back of the napkin calculation very easily of how many points I ate today. And that's it's just a oh, wow, that's cool. system. Yeah. And you don't have to be good at math. <laughs> no, no. You're adding one, two, three, four, and five. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I also love that you have meals, right? You have a day one meal, one snack, meal two snack. It really helps when you can just say, I don't know what I'm going to eat. Well, here you go. On meal three, choose one of the following. Four servings of vegetables raw or cooked. One large green salad, three tablespoons vinaigrette dressing, four olives. Oh, my God, I love olives. I've been really into the pitted. No, the unpitted green olives, which seems like a pain, right? But I actually like the pit. I know it's kind of weird. I mean, you've got some great stuff here, though. Well, I and think olives that, are a really healthy snack. You know, my formula over the years has been keeping things simple and making them really user friendly. And so in the book, I'd like to spell it every day for you. It's just very simple. This, this, that. And I don't deviate much from that formula in my books because it works and because honestly, I don't know what else to do. I mean, because, you know, the other way to do this is to give people lists of foods. Hey, choose an item from this list of 50 and this list of 20. Okay. You can do that. But then, then the program is basically three pages. because You know, <laughs> you're just saying, choose this. Okay. Then, then now you have to sit down and make up a template for what you want to eat. I just find the way I like to lay it out in the book is very easy for people to follow. Yeah. I love that you do that. You know, I did want to bring up uh, your other book, which I, I really love, Mind Over Weight. I so enjoyed it. Curb Cravings, Find Motivation, and Hit Your Number in Seven Simple Steps. I have to read the dedication because it was so beautiful. To my mother, is it Rena? Yes. Or Rena? Rena. Okay. Rena, who has taught me what sacrifice means and how to channel motivation to beat the odds and accomplish goals that others deemed impossible. Your quiet strength has been an endless guide to my life. I will never stop admiring and loving you. That is so beautiful. And I've read, well, you can look around. I mean, if you can see my studio, thousands of books and that dedication really moved me. Tell us a little bit about your mother. Um, yeah, single mom, uh, raising two kids, two boys, uh, in the seventies. And, um, 
in the early 80s and you know life was tough financially you know you know balancing three jobs to pay the bills as you can imagine uh being an african-american woman back then um you know was not easy at all uh not that it's easy now but it's easier now yeah you know, thank you yeah, yeah. It's, it was really tough back then and you're alone and you know luckily we had a, a very loving supportive extended family which in the old days particularly for black families um you know that was very common i mean your uncles and your aunts had as much authority and as much right to yell at you and kiss you as your mother did you know you listen to, i was telling my kids they don't get it we listen to our aunts and uncles just like we listen to our mother like it there was no like you can goof off because it's another member no you 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 were held to the line by them just like you were your mother and you know we had a very loving uh um family and my mother was very supportive and she sacrificed a lot a lot like now that i'm a parent it's even clearer to me how much she actually sacrificed of her own life so that we would have a better chance at the world and so i, I am always um appreciative inspired and i always feel like there's a debt that i will never be able to repay Oh, she must be so proud of you. I mean, all the great work that you're doing. You know, I brought up the mind overweight because there might be people saying, okay, I want to do plant power, uh, but I'm still lacking motivation. And there were so many things in the mind overweight that I love. You have uh, motivation is not something that can be gifted, learned, or copied. Rather, it's something that must come from within. You talk about it being extremely uh, personal. And then you also talk about something I thought was really interesting, the trans-theoretical model TTM and the stages of change. And you really go into it. You've got great action plans for every chapter where you have to answer questions. And so, listen, if people are like, oh, plants, what? No, just come on. You can do it. You can do it. So, listen, Mind Overweight I wrote because it is a non-diet book. It is a book. I've written tons of diet books, tons of food plans. Plant Power is the latest one, but you know you can go back to the library. Mind Overweight was a book I wanted to write to help people above the neck and between the ears because that is where it starts. I don't care whose plan you follow, mine or anybody else's. I don't care what the plan calls for. It doesn't matter. It all starts with the mind. And we rarely talk about it. We rarely give people instruction or guidance on how to fine tune or prepare their mind for a, a nutritional or weight loss journey. Listen. Losing weight is not easy. Sticking to a nutritional plan that's different than what you've been doing, it's not easy. And so people really have to be mentally prepared, not just prepared from a physical standpoint, that is doing your exercise, having the food, doing your prep work with the food. That's, that's physical. Then there's the mental side, which is, you know, I've been doing this plan for two weeks, but now I don't, I want to do something different. I want to, I don't want to eat what's on the day's meal plan. I want to go eat the food I'm not supposed to eat. What happens then? And um, so Mind Overweight is is a very, as you can see, a very small, simple book that's meant to be a very quick read to give people very succinct and specific hacks that they could use to be able to win the game mentally. And if you can win the game mentally, I will I will say this. The rest is easy. The rest is easy. Right. But it's it's the mental part. That I think most people struggle with. Yeah, I love too. In one of the action plans, you have take the change assessment to see where you are and you're ready to change, and you have that. And I think that's what's good because there could be people who are like, yeah, yeah, I want to change, but deep down they're not ready, or there's some emotional block, and this kind of helps you. Like, let's let's where are you really? 
This is critical, Lisa. There are so many people who say they want to change because of the time of the year or because they read an article in a magazine or because they're going away on vacation. But they really are not ready to change, right? Wanting to change and being ready to change can be two very different things. And so the beginning of the book, I talk about how do you figure out whether or not you are truly ready to change? And that's the key. And so I, you know, I ask everyone, you know, go through that chapter and go through the steps and see. If, and by the way, if you're not ready, that's not bad news. If you're not ready, awareness to me is always good news. It just is. Because at least you know where you, right? You know where you are. And so if you're not ready, then you wait until you're ready or find ways to get yourself ready. And then you can do it. But people who start plans like weight loss plans uh, at the wrong time, it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, you know, that is, and I say in the book, that is one thing you don't want to do is to make what can be a very huge lifestyle change, which is weight loss and do it at the wrong time with other things going on, other distractions, stressors going on. It's not going to work. Yeah, it can be so challenging. I love, of course, that you have on the action plan, we're talking about goals, list your specific goals and milestones, create a detailed goal map, create five goals relevant to your main goal. I, I have very smart in the book, but let me say this overall about that point that have a main goal and five goals, because like you said, we'll say, okay, I want to lose weight. Okay, great. You want to lose 30 pounds. No problem. But that's just the big goal. We need the small goals to add up to the big goals. So how about saying this? I want to be able to climb three flights of stairs continuously without getting winded. That's a goal relative to your weight loss. Um, I want to be able to eat, right? Half of my plate of fruits and vegetables for five days in a row. See, these goals are what will get you to the big goal. And people don't, I think a big failure for people who want to lose weight is they do not set their goals properly. They don't know how to set goals. So this chapter is about teaching you how to actually set and make a real goal. And I think that when people have good goals, then their success becomes infinitely better or the chance of success becomes infinitely higher than people who either have bad goals because there are bad goals by the way what's a bad goal you know i want to you know i want to lose 100 pounds in three months that's a bad goal it just is uh you may want to do that that doesn't make it a good goal though right and so i think that people tend to fail diet plans uh rather than the diet plans failing them because their goals are out of whack yeah. I love, too, that you have things to build your confidence, visualize who you want to be, silence the opinions of others, have real ex realistic expectations, acknowledge your success, uh, find reliable support. That's really big. Sometimes people, they don't want you to change because they don't want to have to start eating what you're eating or they just want to keep doing what they're doing. Talk a little, little bit about that and how you can you know, manage that. People have to always be aware of their environment. Um, your environment is so influential in how you think, what you do, whether you succeed, whether you fail. And what I have found over the years helping thousands and thousands of people is that I'll often hear the story that, yeah, you know, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that, but my husband or my boyfriend or my girlfriend or 
you know, my coworker, whatever, my parents, you know, is pulling them back. And it's not that people who are around you are being malicious. Sometimes they are actually, but it's not like they're some, it's not like they're trying to sabotage you, but unconsciously they are resisting the change you're trying to make for yourself because it holds a mirror up to them. And, you know, trouble always loves company, you know, uh, misery loves company because, you know, people, even though they know that they're not in the right place, if they have company, they feel better about it. Right. It's really awful being in a bad place alone. Um, but when someone else is with you, at least there's someone else to commiserate with. And so I think that people, unfortunately, have others in their lives who are not supportive, who are Debbie Downers, who are distractions. And you can't always get rid of these people, by the way. They could be a loved one or someone in your family, but you need to know how to manage them. That's the key. You need to how to how to manage the situation. Otherwise, it can become very obstructive um, and very difficult. And so I recommend people need people need to think through that and think about how important their environment is. You know, if you're walking into a house and the cabinets are full of things that you can't eat because someone else in your family wants to eat them, you know, you're putting yourself daily through torture. Um, and you have to be aware of that. That situation is untenable at the end of the day. Yeah, it really is. Well, I highly recommend you get all of Dr. Ian's books. They're so awesome. Uh, today we're talking about Flip Your Plate, Change Your Weight, Plant Power, The Simple Four-Week Plan. I love that you have plans. See, plans are so helpful and recipes and things you put into action. And also get get his wonderful book we were just talking about, Mind Overweight, Curb Cravings, Find Motivation, and Hit Your Number in Seven Simple Steps. See, steps, plans, writing things down, thinking about your goals. It's just the way to do it. So Dr. Ian, was there anything you wanted to add today? And then of course, I want all your, all the ways we can find you. Yeah, I think that, I think that people have to understand that the length of our lives is unpredictable. And we all, whether we're parents or children or spouses, you have to always maintain and understand your individuality. You cannot live for others you can live to help and be with others, but you can't live for others. You have to live for yourself because you have one shot. And I think when people get their mind into that headspace, then they are able to maximize and to appreciate and to be more positive and to have a landscape view of life rather than a simple, a simple snapshot, snapshot of a portrait view. And that's what I want to leave people with is to think that we have time that is limited and we need to maximize it. And it's much better and easier to spend time in a positive space than to allow others or situations to drag you into a negative space and to stay there, right? You have to move beyond things in life. And I say this all the time to people, you gotta go beyond. Listen, I have my rough moments like anybody else. Um, I have arguments, not as many as I used to like anybody else, but I move on, I don't hold grudges. Because, you know, I don't want to give my limited finite time to that stuff, that negative stuff. And so I just want to encourage people to, especially in the world that we're in right now with all that's going on, try to just be more positive and look at things from a positive aspect. I know it sounds cliche, but people who get up every morning thinking about how they're going to make someone else's day bad or how they're going to get back at somebody else. Think about the negative consumption of that. You know, I, I don't, 
I personally don't get it because I'm such a positive, optimistic person. And because I want to spend every second that I have to do things that I want to do in a good, positive way. I don't want, I don't want to be in the negative space. So I just want to leave that with people from a psychological standpoint. I think that's great. All right, Dr. Ian, tell us all the places we can find you and your awesome work. Yes, my Instagram is at Dr. Ian Smith. Make sure you spell the doctor out, I-A-N Smith, Smith on Twitter, on Dr. Ian Smith. My website is Dr. Ian Smith spelled out. And you can join my new group on Facebook that is following Plant Power. It's just called the title of the book, Plant Power, um, which you can find anywhere books are sold. Awesome. Dr. Ian, thank you so much. You know you're always welcome here on Talk Healthy today. I love having you. I love joining you. Thank you so much for everything. Hi, it's Lisa Davis. Please don't skip this. Very important announcement. I will keep it brief. Talk Healthy Today is ending in the next two months or so. So you can come back, check the shows. But the good news is you can get all the same great content and even more at Health Power. Now, Health Power was formerly Naturally Savvy. Now it is called Health Power, and there are over a thousand episodes. So please go now or go when it's convenient, but don't forget, go where you get your podcasts, go find Health Power and hit subscribe. I really hope you'll come with me. I love this audience. I've heard from so many of you. I love what I've been doing here, and I'm going to just continue all this great work over at Health Power. Also, if you want more information, go to lisadavismph.com. Okay, thanks so much. Can't wait to see you over at Health Power.